Everybody ready? Fan the flames. Here we go. Fan the flames. Fan the flames. Fan the flames. Aggies went down. Fan the flames. Hello and welcome into the mashup, your number one source for sports gaming and everything in between. I am your host, Jake Patterson. Sorry for that incredibly self-indulgent intro, but I don't really care. Because, oh my god! <laughs> it, it's been almost a week. It is, it is, thir like, it is Thursday afternoon. It is 5 o'clock on Thursday. I have known this since, like, 3 in the afternoon on Sunday. But still, I can't believe that the 13-0 Conference USA champion Liberty Flames are going to the freaking Fiesta Bowl. What? <laughs> it's still absolutely insane to me. I have watched this entire season, and it still doesn't make any sense. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, but yes, welcome into the show. Obviously, we're kicking things off with college football, because why would I talk about anything else this week? If you've listened to this show for any period of time, you know... I'm not good at keeping my biases in check. At all. So here we are. What? Five days out? Five? Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah. Five, five days out from, uh, from the football slash bowl game selection show where, where Liberty got announced as the highest ranked G5 champion. And, and they're going to play Oregon in the Fiesta Bowl. Less than, less than a decade ago, I, I remember being excited because we were going to the FCS playoffs for the first time. And, and we're going to play JMU. And that was not the JMU of the last two years that ESPN loved. That, that was the JMU of 2014 that no one outside of Virginia had ever heard of. Unless you, like, really followed FCS football. And were, like, aware of this secondary school in, in Virginia that is very much like Towson in Maryland. And I, I won't make that joke, but anyone... But seeing as... Uh, most of the people who listen to this show live in one of those two states. Um, yeah, um, you know what people say about uh, both Marylanders, what, what people say about Towson and its relationship to uh, University of Maryland, people also say about JMU and its relationship to PA. So, yeah, and like I was excited that we got blown out by Nova in the second round of the FCS playoffs. Or I know they made the FCS playoffs this year. Are Nova still alive in in the FCS playoffs? That's that is the question. They are. They are they are playing South Dakota State at, at noon and are uh 20 point dogs. So um yeah, how nine years can change things. Again, this is this is so insane to me. And and the hate from like SMU fans and that traitor that traitor Scott Simons. Oh my god, that that traitorous douchebag. Oh good lord. It's like, hey, uh most of us at Lynchburg still liked you. Um, not anymore. Uh, congratulations, you're, uh, you're off the Christmas list forever now. And, uh, you know, maybe, uh, maybe play us, but, uh, you won't, because you're, you're going to the ACC next year, and, uh, you're, uh, you're, you'll be a, a P5, which, uh, if anything that else, anything else that happened this year, it, 
it made it abundantly clear that the committee does not give a shit about the ACC. <laughs> like, look at look at the playoff. Like, I know the Pac-12 champion and the Big 12 champion are there, but in seven months, the Pac-12 champion will be a member of the Big 10. In seven months, the Big 12 champion will be a member of the SEC. And, you know, the other two teams that made the playoff were members of, were currently members of the Big Ten and of the SEC, and an undefeated ACC champion got completely screwed because their quarterback was injured. And apparently, this guy is so important to the team that they are not better than one loss Bama without him, but they are somehow better than Georgia. Which, again, I, I don't get. Like, if they're worse than Bama, they should not be ranked higher than Georgia. If they are that much worse, they, they shouldn't be the fifth seed. They should be the sixth. They should still be playing in the Orange Bowl, because that's how contracts work. But... They shouldn't be the higher seed. And honestly, Rodemaker would probably be back in time for the playoffs. We know Jordan Travis won't. Like, that's, that sucks. That I, I feel so bad for Jordan Travis. Because apparently he is considered so necessary to this team's success that without him, they are not worthy of the playoffs. Yet he is not a Heisman finalist. I don't get that. Like the four, the four guys. I know, I know it's Bo Nix and Jaden Daniels. I don't remember. I think, I think Panix was one of the other ones. I don't remember who the fourth one was this year. It's uh oh, Marvin Harrison Jr. Also, also a deserved honor for all four of them. But if Jordan Travis is so incredibly necessary to Florida State's success as a football team. Despite the fact that they are again 13 and 0, and one of those games was quarterbacked by Tate Rodemaker, and it was still a pretty convincing win, they they should be in the playoff. Would they have gotten stumped by Michigan as the four seed? Maybe. Like without Jordan Travis, it would have been really hard. But the rest of that team is still deserving. I hope they go and just beat the absolute fuck out of Georgia in the Orange Bowl. Like, I'm not the biggest ACC guy, because like, you know I I grew up a Maryland fan. I don't really like how the ACC treated them on their way out the door. I was still in high school when that happened. I thought I was gonna go to Maryland, but like Florida State got screwed here, and I think everyone can agree, and everyone and Here's where my biases are going to show again. Everyone trying to conflate Florida State missing out with SMU, who lost two games, barely beat a weakened Tulane team who weren't in the final CFP rankings. Like, they... Did, did they really deserve to... Go to the Fiesta Bowl? No. Florida State did. SMU didn't. You can't conflate the two. And, like, the committee dug their own graves with this. Like, oh, yeah, Liberty was undefeated, so we couldn't leave them out, but you left out undefeated Florida State. And I hate that my, like, people already have enough reasons to hate Liberty. Valid or not. Some of them are valid, even though Hey, morons who uh, try to pull the, the, the Jerry card. Jerry's been gone for three years. He has no connection to the school anymore. The only Falwell who does is his brother, who also doesn't talk to him anymore. So just putting that out on the table. 
The only Falwell who has connections to the school is Jonathan, his Jerry's brother. And they've hated each other's guts for like six years now. Actually, seven or eight. And and ever since their mom died, they've just been able to be public with it. That they were never that close, and as adults, they really don't like each other. Listen to anything Jonathan Falwell has said about his brother since mid-2015. And you will see, this man does not like his brother. That much is very clear. Heck, Jerry himself said it in that Vanity Fair interview. Yes, I've read Vanity Fair, because I wanted to see what he had to say. Like, I broadened my horizons. I read Vanity Fair. I, I didn't watch the Hulu doc. I'm, I'm not going to watch that. Because, like, I know what Jerry did wrong. I've never met the guy. I didn't go to Liberty because of him. I was embarrassed of him basically the entire time I was in school. Other than my freshman year when he was just, like, a normal guy. Who was a little too into politics. And then he got way too into politics. And dragged Liberty with him. Freaking Charlie Kirk. God. Anyway, this is about football. Um, yeah, FSU got screwed. Uh, I don't like that Liberty got used in this argument. Like, yeah, FSU is undefeated. Liberty is undefeated. They both should have gotten in. And, like, Bama, Bama barely beat Auburn. Bama beat Auburn on an absolute miracle, which, again, just seems to happen at Jordan-Hare Stadium. Ugh. Like, Bama, I don't think Bama deserved to get in. I think, I think they're going to, like, we'll get to my predictions, like, my actual predictions in a couple of weeks when the playoff games are actually going to happen on New Year's Day. But uh, I think Bama are going to get their shit rocked by Michigan. I genuinely do, because, like, these Bama teams, this Bama team is only slightly better than last year's. Like, Jalen Miller is a really good quarterback, but, like, Bama is not as good as they once were, and this Michigan team is really freaking good. And they still remember what happened last year against TCU. So, just little early prediction. I think Michigan will rock Alabama's shit. I know they're scared of Bama, which is slightly concerning. But, uh, yeah, they shouldn't be scared of Bama. They're better than them. And the entire country will be cheering for them, which... You, they would not be able to say if they were playing Florida State. And I think I think Washington versus Texas is going to be the better game. I genuinely don't know who's going to win that one. I'm I'm just looking forward to an absolute shootout. And I'll say this too: uh, all the hate coming Liberty's way from like national people, like that that Fox station in Arizona was like, "Oh, Missouri versus Oregon would be so much better." No, it would not. Missouri barely beat Middle Tennessee. Like, let's let, let's 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 look at this one. We act, this is one of the few times we actually have a common opponent. Let's let's look at Missouri. Missouri played Middle Tennessee in week two. They won by four. Middle Tennessee is four and eight. They finished fifth in CUSA. Let's let's just look at. Oh, what is that? Um, they, 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 they lost by, they lost by almost an identical score to Liberty. Actually, they lost by more. They, they lost forty-two to thirty-five. They, they lost to New Mexico State, who, Auburn. They, they only put up seven points against a, a team that, a team that beat Auburn. Mizzou wouldn't be that much better. 
Like, oh, this is perfect. Look what... Look what Bama did. Uh, that's not Bama. That's something. Um, no, Middle Tennessee. Where, where the hell is Middle Tennessee? Because they they also played they played Bama in Week One. Oh, would you look at that? Uh, an actually pretty good SEC team uh, held Middle Tennessee State to seven points and won by forty nine. So no, you morons from. Whatever, uh, whatever Fox Sports affiliate station in Arizona was shitting on Liberty, despite not doing any research clearly, because you think Mizzou versus Oregon would be a better game than one of the best offenses in the fucking country? I, I hope Coach Chadwell is playing the video of these morons after, like, every practice. Just, like, on the biggest video board in the locker room, just play that every practice for the next month. Like, like, it's like the scene from Monsters University. It's like, when you lose, no one will, no one will remember you. And it's like, yeah, but if you lose, no one will ever let you forget it. And that's exactly the attitude that I'm taking into this. I, I can't speak for the team. I'm one guy who is not going to the game because it's a really expensive cross-country flight. Plus hotels and tickets to a New Year's Six Bowl game. I would love to go to the game, but like it's two days after my birthday. Like, that'd be a pain in the butt to get to. If it was if it was the orange bowl or the peach bowl, it still probably wouldn't have happened. It just would have been way easier. Because realistically, like the peach bowl, I could drive. It'd be a long ass drive, but I could do it. Orange bowl will probably have to fly, but fiesta bowl, there, there's no way I could drive that. There's no way plane tickets are insanely expensive. I want to go to that game, but I will. I will not be able to. I will. I will be at home. Uh, screaming at the top of my lungs for the entire game, but uh, will not will not be in the building. I, I I will I will make it to a Liberty Bowl game eventually, or a Liberty playoff game when uh, when the time comes. Because I don't see a situation where we stop winning CUSA. Like I think we're gonna win CUSA most years. Like, New Mexico State will be our primary competition for that title next year. And probably in 2025. I think Delaware will will get into that mix once they're recruiting at an FBS level. Because they have, they have such an underrated talent pool right in their backyards. But, like, now Liberty can tap into that pool because we'll have more exposure in that area. So that's, that's going to be a good time. That is going to be a good time. But, oh yeah, I've, I've been, I, I haven't like done any shitting on Oregon. I've just done shitting on the national people who, and th this guy from, this guy from like uh, Oregon Daily or whatever that paper is called, how this man has a job in journalism and I don't, I will never understand. That was not a column. That was... That was not a column written by a professional journalist. That was a rant on Facebook written by a butthurt teenager. Like, that's what that was. And I'm glad all of Liberty Twitter has uh, has told this guy off. Because, my God, that, that was one of the worst things I've ever read. But, hey, congrats to Oregon for uh, keeping their rivalry with Oregon State going. That is... Absolutely, a thing that that needs to continue, because one, it, it's one of the best rivalry trophies in college football. Like, it's a platypus. I think that's hilarious. For a rivalry between teams called the Ducks and the Beavers, having your rivalry trophy be a platypus is hilarious. But uh, yeah, um, congrats to the Flames. Uh, congrats to. The Liberty for basically sweeping the all-conference awards. 
Like M- MVP was Caden Salter. Uh, defensive player of the year was Tyron Dupree. Uh, Jamie Chadwell got co-coach of the year because they also wanted it to, wanted to give it to Jerry Kill, which is fair. And I I think uh, I think Caden Salter or Caden Salter won conference MVP, which again not at all a surprise. I don't know how how the heck CJ Daniels wasn't uh, first team all conference, but he was not, which is a shame. But you know, yeah, Tyron Dupree is. Uh, and Quentin Cooley got a uh, newcomer of the year, which again, very well deserved. Uh, you could make a case for him being offensive player of the year as well. Uh, same with CJ Daniels and Caden Salter. Same with most of Liberty, like a good chunk of Liberty's offensive core. You could make a case for them being offensive player of the year. But uh, yeah, cleaned up uh, Conference USA All Conference Awards. First ever conference championship in. FBS when uh when just eight years ago, my sophomore year, we finished tied for third place in the Big South, where the highlight of the year was a Thursday night win over Coastal on ESPNU that did absolutely nothing for the overall season. It uh it Required getting about half the bleachers in the student section replaced because people were jumping on them so much that they literally caved in. Uh, I, I remember that happening. But yeah, this is still absolutely insane. Uh, duck hunting season is is very much on. And uh, Flames Nation, I love you all. And to the few students who listen to this show, uh, if you haven't gone home yet, because you got a really lucky final schedule. Good luck on uh, the rest of your finals. And, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And for the students who do listen to this show, I'm not, I don't have a full college basketball segment. But for the love of God, go to the game against GCU on Saturday. It's at two in the afternoon. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure it's an afternoon game. Like, if, if you can, if you can, yeah, let me, let me check this, because I think, and I don't think any class, there's any way you could stack your classes that, uh, yeah, it's a two, it's a two in the afternoon game. It is a two in the afternoon nationally televised game. So to the students, to the current Liberty students who are listening to this show, go to that freaking game. But uh, yeah, that's what I got for college football. Still. Still just in shock. It's been almost a week. Still in shock of what happened on Sunday. But uh, we will. I, I'm going to continue riding this wave until that game kicks off, at which point I will be incredibly nervous until it is over. And then I can just watch the playoff games. But uh, that's what I got for college football. Up next, we're going to heavily switch gears and uh, talk some CDL. Season starts this weekend. It's coming up next here on The Mashup. Hey, do you really like the mashup and want to help support it even more? Of course I do. You're so awesome. Well, do I have good news for you? I now have a Barstool Sports Store affiliate link. Oh, what the heck is that? An affiliate link is a link that takes you directly to the Barstool Store, but has some extra coding in it to let them know that I sent you, so I get some of the money from the sale in return. That's so cool! Yes, it is, and it helps me put out better and better content for you. And maybe does enough to get Barstool's attention that they'll give me a job. All you have to do is go to barstool-sports.pxf.io slash the mashup. That's barstoolsports.pxf.io slash the mashup and get some merch. Doesn't matter what you get, you'll be supporting me and the mashup. And you get a cool t-shirt, hoodie, flag, or whatever else you want in return. So go to barstoolsports.pxf.io slash the mashup today and help me grow this podcast even more. All right. New CDL season is upon us. And it's a much, much better game this time around because uh, we've had some we've had some bad games the past uh, two years. 
because I, I thought Cold War was a genuinely good CDL game. Other, and, like, I liked Miami. Vanguard was was not, and Modern Warfare 22 was even worse. Actually, like, Vanguard was a terrible game, but my god, it was a good CDL season. <laughs> like, it was a genuinely good season of the CDL. Probably the best one we've had so far. I think I think Vanguard season was was better than last year. Mostly because Sledgehammer does actually care about its players and oh god, let's, let's actually get into that before we even before we even start on the CDL. Like the the fracturing of the COD devs and all this stuff coming out like the community has had Sledgehammer pegged so wrong for so many years now. Like, Treyarch didn't come in to save their asses on Cold War. It was the other way around. And that means they only got eight months to work on Vanguard, which, you know, that's probably why Vanguard sucked. And they didn't want to make a World War II game, which everyone knew. Like, everyone knew Sledge didn't want to make a World War II game. You can look through Vanguard and tell they did not want to make a World War II game because, you know, there were essentially modern optics on an MP40. God, what a... And, you know, the EM-1 laser rifle from Advanced Warfare. And it was exactly as overpowered as a laser rifle in 1945. You would imagine a laser rifle in 1945 would be. Like, they, they didn't want to make a World War II game. That much was very clear. They they wanted to make AW2. And Infinity Ward wouldn't let them. And all their decisions have to be run by IW higher-ups. That's probably why we, you got the freaking Assassin Vest in Season 1. That, that screams Infinity Ward protect the noobs design philosophy. What... What happened? I, I mean, I know what happened. They fired Jason West and Vincent Pella. But what happened in the past 15 years to turn Infinity Ward from if everything is overpowered, the game is balanced, to we have to protect the noobs. Screw everyone else. Protect the noobs. Like, what happened to... What happened to that version of Infinity Ward in the last in the last 15 years? Because I I didn't play Ghosts and I didn't play Infinite Warfare. So I, I like between Infinity Ward games was eight years for me. Because I played Modern Warfare 3, and then I didn't play another game that Infinity Ward was lead devil in until Modern Warfare 2019. So I skipped two whole Infinity War games. So I don't know what happened in those eight years. But it's not good. And I hope now that now that Sledgehammer has essentially has straight up confirmed that skill-based matchmaking exists for the first time ever. Like it got added into the game with Modern Warfare 2019. Because again. You must protect the noobs. And they don't like it. They don't like that they couldn't do pick 10. They don't like that they had to add all this crap like the Assassin Vest. Like, that screams Joe Sekot. That screams Joe Sekot's Infinity. And, like, the rumors that Infinity Ward is just tired of making Call of Duty so they can so they want to kill it, so they can make some other game to just push their views on people. And you can tell. You you can tell that they are, that they have now, because they don't pay, they, they don't pay gun manufacturers for the rights to the names. They, they stopped doing that, and then everyone else had to do it, because Infinity Ward decided they didn't want to do that. Like, they didn't want to pay gun manufacturers for the rights to the real names. Which, again, is dumb. 
like you're a shooter, just get the real names of the guns in there or make a futuristic one where you don't have to use real guns. Like people are going to call them. Most people are going to call them by their real names anyway. For the most part, like most people just call it an M4. Most people just call it an AK. Ugh. Most people just call it an MP5, because that's clearly what it is. Or the Core 45. That's clearly a, a Glock 19. Like, that's clearly a, a Glock 19. It's so obvious. But, actually, Glock 19's a machine. No, Glock 19's a single fire. But, yeah, that, like, if... I very much believe the rumors that Infinity Ward wants to kill Call of Duty so they can make something else. That, that much is very clear. They should never be lead dev again. Uh, I can't wait until the end of the year when Bobby Kotick won't be CEO anymore because the decisions made by the CDL this season also have his stank all over them. Like, why... After one of the most successful years in the history of COD Esports in terms of numbers, with a terrible game that the entire community hated on Twitch, would you go back to exclusively streaming on YouTube? Everyone hates watching on YouTube. They much prefer watching on Twitch. The Scump and Zuma watch parties were were regularly having as many viewers as the mainstream, which is still money going to you because it is a partnered co-stream. Ugh. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't get it. And firing Bryson Tun last Thursday. A week before the season is supposed to start. Like, they didn't announce it until Monday, but Bryce and Tug were great. They were really good casters for the CDL. Ugh. The decisions this league makes continue to frustrate me as a fan to no end. Like, watching on YouTube compared to watching on Twitch sucks. It was it was a dumb decision. It's going to viewership is going to plummet again. Like people are only going to watch Optic and not watch the other games, which again is its own issue that needs to be dealt with. But my god, how do you keep making stupid decisions? I hope next year when like Microsoft fully takes over and we're on a Treyarch game that they've had four freaking years to work on. Because, like, they've, they've made the ranked modes in Vanguard and MW22 and Zombies in MW23, and they're working on the ranked mode that'll come out with the, uh, the mid-season update probably sometime next month. But, like, they, they've essentially, like, they can, they can put splinter teams on stuff like that. They did a really good job with Zombies. Uh, and they've done a really good job with uh, the rank modes the, the past couple of years as well. But they've essentially had four years to work on a new Black Ops game that is, that is rumored to be Gulf War, which, again, interesting. That's a, that's a period of time the Call of Duty franchise has never really touched like because it was like the, the call of duty timeline three years of world war ii modern game back to world war ii back to modern cold war with like a lot of vietnam back to modern uh near future and then we start on a near future trend for a bunch of years. 
go back to World War II, go back to near future again, come back to modern, go back to the 80s, then come back to modern again, stay modern, and now go back to the early 90s. It's, or no, come back to modern again, go back to, or no, Cold War, go back to World War II for some reason when nobody wants that, come back to modern again, stay modern for another year, and then go back to the early 90s. Call of Duty's timeline makes no sense. Especially when you have multiple characters who canonically have not been born yet showing up in a World War II game. Like, even the oldest character, Menendez, was not born in 1945. He, he was born in, like, the early 60s. And then, and then you had a you had another character who was like negative ninety. She was like negative ninety four. But I I am excited for a new CDL season. I think it's uh, because one I'm I'm planning on on going to a major. But uh, but two like I I just miss having multiple esports to watch. Because like no. Even though the last two games have been kind of terrible, watching the CDL in both of those games has been fun. And they G8 snaking, which and and then Sledgehammer nerfed the fuck out of it too, which is which is even better. Because I think they're finally telling Infinity Ward to uh to go shut it, which uh they absolutely need to do. But for the first time this season. Let's let's talk about the matches for this upcoming weekend. Okay, so that's that's where that's where they start. Um first first game <laughs> Friday at 3 p.m. The Atlanta Phase versus Boston Breach. As much fun as a slasher revenge game would be for everyone because i think it would be really funny i, I think phase do win this uh, i think phase are going to be bad this year because again they have no leadership but first game of the season they'll they'll probably win against boston thieves and surge surge are going to be absolutely terrible this year so i think i think thieves win that one uh best match of uh yeah the entire weekend yeah, best match of the entire weekend. Optic versus NYSL. Uh, Sib versus Pred for the first time, which that'll be cool. And uh, the the reigning champs who somehow got better. Like, one of the first times reigning champs ever changed their roster heading into a new season and got better. Uh, they're... Like... They this NYSL team scares me. I I think I think they can and they will beat Optic just because this Optic team I don't really trust Shotzi mostly because of the stuff that uh, Optic's official Twitter has been tweeting, proving he is a massive fucking idiot. Like some of the stuff he says hurts me at how dumb it is. Uh, but I he's good at COD. But I think it one, I think it's time for him to uh bite the bullet on COD and, and just go back to Halo because he's better at it. But he won't do that because you make more money in COD. Uh Carolina Ravens versus Miami Heretics. I, I know nothing about this Heretics roster because they're all they're all like European Challengers players. <laughs> Like, I know absolutely nothing about this roster, and the Ravens have clay. So um, I'm going to go with Carolina on this one to uh, win their first game under their new branding. Uh, Vegas Legion versus Minnesota Rocker. Uh, same thing. This one's going to Minnesota. Vegas are not going to be very good this year. Again, like, they have, they have once again gotten worse than the previous year, which they've done pretty much every year of their entire existence. Their branding still makes no sense. You're from Vegas. Why the fuck is your logo a Florida lead? Just change it to a spade. 
Change it to a spade or a club. It's right there. And get rid of this orange and other orange color palette. It's terrible. Uh, Toronto Ultra versus LAG. I don't know why LAG are still in the league. They are also going to absolutely suck this year. Ultra win that one. Uh, Seattle versus Boston. I think this is Boston's first win because I still think they'll be... They'll be an upper tier team. I don't know where in four through six they will be, but they'll be somewhere in that four to six range. I don't think they're cracking top three because Faisal, Faisal will be able to keep cracking top three just on raw talent. And, and then they'll choke in the big moments again at majors. Like I think, I think we're going to see a lot of Vanguard esque performances from phases here because they have no leadership. They have four slayers, a guy who's been snaking his dick off to win every game for the last two years, and a guy who can only win when his girlfriend is calling out locations from the crowd during search matches. So uh, I I think there you're going to see a lot of Vanguard esque performances from uh, from Faze this year. Vegas Legion versus Carolina Royal Ravens. Same thing. This is Carolina's first win. They're better than Vegas. Like, they have clay. That automatically makes them better than Vegas. They're not going to be very good, but they're better than Vegas. NYSL versus LAG. The reigning champ versus the team that's very likely to be the worst in the league this year because their owner doesn't give a shit. New York Subliners win that one. Thieves versus FaZe. Uh, I want Thieves to beat the shit out of FaZe because I... I have tried to act like I like Draza for the last three years, and I really don't. So, uh, you know what? I'm going to pick Thieves to win this one, because they they have leadership. FaZe does not. Rocker versus Texas. Rocks, Rocker are, honestly, Optic's kryptonite. So I'm going to pick Rocker to pull the upset in this one. <laughs> like, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Any kind of situation, Optic will choke against Rocker at least once a season. So I'm giving this one to Rocker. Miami Heretics versus... Oh, wait. That's next Friday. Not going to talk about that next week. Good God, that's going to be a terrible game. But those are my those are my predictions for this week. We're actually going to... I'm actually going to do it. I'm actually going to remember to do a full pick this year. So dismiss. Get myself logged in. Because haven't done this in a while. But I am actually going to uh I am actually going to live do my pickums on here on the podcast just to reiterate my predictions to make sure I get it 100 percent correct. Alright, so the entire set of qualifiers are open. I'm not doing that. <laughs> like there is there is no way I am I am doing that because I'm I'm not making predictions a month out when I haven't seen these teams play. I, I'm just going off I'm just going off raw picks here. Alright. So three one in favor of FaZe in the first game on Friday. I think Thieves will sweep Surge. And I'm gonna go three two in favor of NYSL. Heretics Ravens, uh, 3-1 Ravens. Rocker and Legion, 3-0. Legion are terrible. Uh, LAG Toronto Ultra, 3-0 Toronto. LAG are really bad. Uh, Breach Surge, 3... They have Slasher, 3-0. Uh, Carolina, 3-1 against Legion. LAG, oh, 3-0. Phase Thieves. This one's going to five, three, two thieves and optic Minnesota. Three, one Minnesota. Lock it in. All right. My predictions are locked in with the scores. How wrong do you think I'm going to be? Let me know on Twitter. Let me know on the discord. Uh, let me know what you think about sledgehammer firing back in infinity word for holding them down creatively for seemingly the last four years. But uh, that's what I got for the CDL. Up next, we're uh, going to just get into some other random stuff and then uh, wrap up the show. It's coming up next here on The Mashup.
Alright, so, other uh, rapid-fire stuff before we wrap up the show here. Uh, got a bunch of trailers. Got a whole, whole bunch of trailers. Between uh, games and TV shows in the last couple weeks. Um, I don't dive into them too much on here, but uh, I will say I am absolutely hyped for Season 2 of House of the Dragon and Season 4 of The Boys. Uh, both those trailers look really, really good. And the the show I do talk about on here, uh, sometimes, unfortunately, is the Halo series adaptation on Paramount+. Plus. And I have to say, damn it, the trailer for Season 2 actually looks good. They, they still showed the Spartans' faces far too often, but they're actually showing the Covenant as a threat, not some random background characters to stupid human drama. Like Master Chief having sex while Cortana watches. I will never forgive them for that shit. At least Cortana sounded right. At least they actually got Jen Taylor to play her. Even though she didn't play Halsey, which, again, weird. I hate what they did with Halsey in season one. I hate I hate what they did with both members of the Keys family. Because Miranda Keys, not a fucking scientist. Her title is Commander, it is not Doctor. Ugh, all all my and you can't say, oh, we'll make Captain Key's black. That may, that way we don't need Johnson. No, they are two separate characters. I don't I don't care if you make Key's black or not. That has nothing to do with his character. But if you make him black just so you don't have to cast Johnson, that is a problem. So you better fucking have Johnson in season two. And don't go making Johnson a white guy. Because that would be weird. Because, like, everything about Johnson screams he is a black guy. Like, it's weird. Keyes' race doesn't matter. Like, Keyes could have been Asian for all I care. Johnson has to be black. And honestly, like, Halsey should probably be white. That's that's another one that's like, yeah, Halsey should be white, Johnson should be black. <laughs> Keys doesn't really matter. But uh yeah. The the trailer for season two looks a whole lot better. It looks like they're glassing reach, which um, okay, getting into the actual canon. Well, we saw a halo ring floating in space. Um we didn't see the autumn. We saw the elites being scary. Uh, hopefully we see Thelvadam, or he'd be Thelvadami at uh, at this point. Because, um, you know, weird elite naming customs when it came to uh, them being part of the Covenant, adding, adding the letters uh, M-E to the ends of their names when they become uh, commanders in Covenant armies. But, uh, I hope we I hope we see uh I hope we see old Thel. Uh I hope he is played by Keith David. Because again, he would be a CGI character. You don't need to actually put like 60 something year old Keith like 50, 60 something year old Keith David out there doing action. You can just have him do the voice. Cause uh his voice is still there. I saw it at Worlds when they read that little that little lore drop. And did the other scenes where he read for the Arbiter. He still sounds like the Arbiter. So yeah, I'm I am I am hoping for slight improvements in Halo Season 2. Season 1 was really bad. It, it's gonna take a lot to bounce back from that. But Season 8 of Game of Thrones was pretty fucking bad too, and season one of House of the Dragon was pretty fucking awesome. It's like, oh, so this is what the first, like, two seasons of Game of Thrones would have looked like if they had a budget. Because <laughs> even season four was 
Actually, no, season four was really good. It's like, oh, wait, this is, this is just... Now, season one and two had better writing than, than season four. It's just season four had... Season four was the peak of the show because the writing hadn't dropped off yet and they had a budget. But maybe, maybe we get a House of the Dragon style revival after just a year as opposed to, what, three years between the end of Game of Thrones and the beginning of House of the Dragon? Uh, other trailers. GTA 6. Holy shit, that game looks beautiful. And it looks like they're doing, like, a Bonnie and Clyde type story, which I'm all for. Like, I, I love, like, Bonnie and Clyde, it's a basic-ass trope, but it it's obviously a good one for a reason. Like, because it works. And just like a modern-day body Clyde in Florida? Yeah, sign me the hell up. And the fact that the trailer used real things that actually happened in Florida and shoved them all into a 90-second trailer is kind of amazing. And rumors are it's not just going to be Vice City, a.k.a. Miami. It's, it's going to be like all of Florida, which... Good God, this game is going to be absolutely massive. Uh, I hope... Because <laughs> it's not coming out until 2025. Uh, I, I hope our consoles will be able to run the thing. I hope. Because, like, they're relatively new consoles. I still feel like that would be pushing the, the PS5 and the Xbox Series X to their absolute limits. Which, fine by me. Give me some absolutely gorgeous-looking games. I'm I'm hyped. And, uh, oh yeah, in in the one sports news thing that I want to talk about, uh, apparently, the Orioles might get sold! Uh, what, what's this guy's name? David? I know it's David. David, uh, what was this guy's name? David, um... Shit. I feel bad. Um, yeah. David Rubenstein. Who, uh, according to Bloomberg, is worth $4.6 billion. He would actually spend money. And, all, and he would actually let Masson improve so they wouldn't have to do their season preview shows from a fucking jazz gas station. Yes, that actually happened last year. They had to do an, an Orioles season preview show from the middle of a fucking Royal Farms. I love Royal Farms. I just had them for dinner yesterday. It should not be a place that a Major League Baseball team's home-owned network does their season preview show from. But yeah, uh, this is obviously just baby steps, but please... I've been waiting for the Angelos family to sell. I thought it wouldn't come until after Peter died. If if they can do it even sooner, be my guest. <laughs> but uh, to wrap things up, as I'm recording this, the game awards the game awards start in an hour and a half, and I have uh, I have run through. I, I have it copied in a Google Doc. <laughs> And I highlighted all my picks for winners in uh, categories where I had where I had enough knowledge to have an opinion. So a couple of those indie games I, I didn't play. I, I didn't I didn't pick. Uh, I didn't pick. Uh, I didn't pick best sports game. But we are going to uh, we're gonna we're gonna go from the bottom up and build up to game of the year. So we're gonna we're gonna start at the bottom. With Best Adaptation, the nominees are Castlevania Nocturne, uh, Gran Turismo, that movie by David Blomkamp that got completely spoiled in the trailer. Which, again, you don't have to do with a movie that's based on true events. Like, when the person the movie is about is still so active in their field that they can do the stunt work for the actor playing them, you don't need to spoil the entire movie in the trailer. Uh, the Super Mario Brothers movie, which was good, and the Twisted Metal TV show on Peacock, 
weirdly starring Samoa Joe. But the the obvious pick in this category, best adaptation goes to The Last of Us. Like, duh. Most anticipated game, uh, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. I, I think that stands a very real chance of winning. Hades 2, same thing. Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. Um, I've never played the Like a Dragon games. I feel like the man who erased his name just came out because they did a AEW sponsorship. Maybe this is a spinoff. Uh, Star Wars Outlaws and Tekken 8. Uh, I gave this to Star Wars Outlaws mostly because that's mine. Because, you know, open world Star Wars game where you get to screw over the pikes, my least favorite anything in the Star Wars universe. And, you know, you, you get a cute animal friend. So, yeah, uh, Star Wars Outlaws. Best esports team I I didn't pick in this because um, I don't know what individual games these teams are in. Uh, I know Evil Genius is nominated. I hope to God it's not them because they don't deserve to win a damn thing. Best esports game. CS2, Dota 2, League, PUBG Mobile, and Valorant. I went with League. Uh, best esports event, uh, League Worlds, Paris Major, Evo 2023, uh, TI, and Valorant Champions. I went with Valorant Champs. Uh, skipped over Best Esports Coach, Best Esports Athlete. This is going to come down to Faker and Hydra. Faker and Hydra, because they won Controller and PC Player, or PC and Controller Player of the Year at... Um, at the Esports Awards, so it's definitely going to come down to the two of them. Uh, I didn't pick Content Creator of the Year. Best Multiplayer Game. The nominees are Baldur's Gate 3, Diablo 4, Party Animals, Street Fighter 6, and Super Mario Bros. Wonder. I went with BG3 because my friends have been playing this game nonstop since it came out. Uh, I didn't pick Best Sim Strategy Game. Skipped over best uh, sports racing game. Best family game I did give to Super Mario Brothers Wonder because I think it is the best in this particular category. Best fighting game went to Mortal Kombat 1 because its only competition is Street Fighter 6 and I still think it's better. Uh, best RPG nominees. Baldur's Gate 3, Final Fantasy 16, Lies of Peace, Sea of Stars, and Starfield. This is an absolutely stacked category. Any one of these could win, but I gave it to Baldur's Gate. Best action-adventure game. Again, a very stacked category. Alan Wake 2, Spider-Man 2, Resident Evil 4, the remake, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, and Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. This category is absolutely loaded. Any one of these games could win, and it would be 100% deserved. I gave it to Spider-Man. Best action game. Armor Core 6, Armored Core 6, Fires of Rubicon, Dead Island 2, Ghost Runner 2, Hi-Fi Rush, a very underrated game from the beginning of the year, and Remnant 2. I gave it to Armor Core 6 because the Game Awards love their FromSoft games. Uh, innovation and accessibility. I went with Spider-Man 2. I, I'm not entirely sure what any of them, any of these games did, because I don't really need to use accessibility features, but. I feel like fighting games, by their very nature, aren't super accessible. So I, I went with Spider-Man 2, because it, it feels like the one in this category that could most be easily accessible. Uh, best VR game I gave to Horizon Call of the Mountain, because why not? I really like the Horizon series. Best community support. This is another one. BG3, Cyberpunk, Phantom Liberty, Destiny 2, Final Fantasy 16, and No Man's Sky. I gave it to BG3. Like, that's... That's pretty obvious. Cyberpunk also stands a chance, but I, I think I think BG3 was the right choice there. Best mobile game, Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis, Honkai Star Rail, Hello Kitty Island Adventure, Monster Hunter Now, and Terra Nil. I went with Honkai. Again, don't know much about mobile games. Uh, skipped over the two indie game categories because I have not played any of these. Uh, best ongoing game, I wanted to give it to Cyberpunk, but I... I know how the, the Game Awards usually go, and I gave it to Fortnite. Unfortunately, uh, Games for Impact, I know nothing about this category, so I, I didn't make a pick here. Uh, best Performance. Th this is another very stacked category. 
Awarded to an individual for voiceover acting, mo- motion, and or performance capture. Ben Starr, Final Fantasy XVI, Cameron Monaghan, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, Idris Elba in Phantom Liberty, uh, Melanie LeBird, Alan Wake 2, Neil Newbon, who I believe is a Starian in BG3, and Gary Lowenthal in Spider-Man 2 as the titular Spider-Man. Uh, Peter Parker. He wasn't Miles. He was Peter. Uh, I gave this to Cameron Monaghan just because I feel like Jedi Survivor got horribly snubbed. It should have been Game of the Year. And Cameron Monaghan acted his ass off in that game. I, I got to give it to Cameron Monaghan. And he mo-capped. Like, I don't think, I don't think Gary Lowenthal mo-capped uh, Spider-Man 2. I believe Idris Elba did for Phantom Liberty, but I got to go with Cameron Monaghan. Like, he, that was one of the best performances of his entire career. Uh, best audio design, Alan Wake 2, Dead Space Remake, Hi-Fi Rush, uh, Spider-Man 2, and RE4, obviously the remake. This is another really loaded category. <laughs> Uh, I had this was a really good year for games, if you couldn't tell by how how hard some of these categories were to pick. Uh, I gave it to Spider Man because I thought the the sound design, the overall audio design of that game was really really good. Uh, best score I gave to Legend of Zelda because it's it's Zelda, like that's how this works. Best art design I also gave to Zelda. Alan Wake 2, Hi-Fi Rush, Lies of P, Super Mario, Super Mario Brothers Wonder. Like, all these games are really good, but it's going to Zelda. Lies of P stands a chance, because again, the Game Awards love their love their souls likes. Uh, best narrative. Alan Wake 2, BG3, Phantom Liberty, Final Fantasy 16. Again, a loaded category. Uh, Jedi Survivor should have gotten nominated as well, but uh, I, I gave this one to Spider-Man. Best game direction. Alan Wake 2, BG3, Spider-Man 2, Super Mario Bros. Wonder, and Tears of the Kingdom. I gave this one to BG3 because, like, this game scared other AAA devs. So, uh, yeah, definitely deserves a a nod for Best Game Direction. And Game of the Year. Alan Wake 2, BG3, Spider-Man 2, Resident Evil 4, Super Mario Bros. Wonder, and Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. And my pick for Game of the Year goes to Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. All of those games are deserving, as well as Jedi Survivor. I feel like Jedi Survivor absolutely got snubbed. Uh, So did Hogwarts Legacy. Uh, Both of them should have absolutely gotten nominated. But this was such a good year for games, someone was always going to get left out. Like, someone was always going to get left out, and it's unfortunate. Which, again, 14 playoff, we talked about it at the top of the show. But, uh, yeah, this episode will come out after the Game Awards are over. So, uh, we can all laugh at how wrong my predictions were next week. We'll, We'll come back and review my predictions next week to see how horribly wrong I was. But uh, that's it for this episode. Hope you all enjoyed. Uh, Hope you all enjoy the rest of your week. And for whatever Jewish listeners I have, uh, to you, happy Hanukkah. Uh, Because as I'm recording this, Hanukkah started about two hours. So uh, to all all my Jewish listeners, a happy Hanukkah to you. And I will talk to you guys next week. See you then.